What the Fertility podcast. It's Amanda and Catherine, and today we have joining us Ashley Manos, owner of Maha Holistic Wellness. We're so excited to have you here, Ashley. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So we will dive a little bit deeper into the benefits of acupuncture and Chinese medicine as it pertains to women fertility and on their path to motherhood. Um, how did you get into the healing arts and um, how did you start um, into holistic medicine? Oh, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> I'll try to sum this up, but uh, from an early age, um, I, I specifically remember helping my cousin who lived next door with her migraines. Um, and I just would go and massage her head and neck. And I mean, I was young, but it was just always what would relieve her headache. So I feel like from that, it sort of sparked the interest of, oh, I can help other people. And, you know, I guess naturally it's um, just like, I guess, part of my personality. And so I went to massage school when I was 19 and 20, and then um, sort of let that guide me into all the other things that I've done. So um, started doing yoga and um, yoga teacher trainings. And then after years of doing both of those, um, decided to just from my own healing experience with acupuncture, decided that that would be the route for me to go and just, yeah, kind of let one thing lead to the other. Um, and it of course started with my own like personal journey through being more sick as a child. And then as I changed lifestyle habits and, um, started seeking alternative therapies, my life got extremely better. So that's awesome. So I have been a client of Ashley's for, gosh, a year and a half. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. A year and a half, almost every week. Um, I'm curious because I actually don't know this about you. What made you, and maybe you're not specifically in the fertility space, but what made you kind of shift from the general acupuncture practice and then get that knowledge to give to clients coming to you saying, I'm having issues conceiving or um, in, in my situation, you know, with reoccurrent loss or even just, hey, I'm going to start IUIs or IVF and I know acupuncture could be a benefit. Yeah. So it's actually part of what I was seeking help with in my 20s when I started seeing an acupuncturist. Um, I was living out in California. And, um, she helped me so much with just regulating my menstrual cycles and the pain that I was experiencing and just, you know, many other things. Um, and so that was my sort of first introduction to women's health within the acupuncture realm. And then just my own personal interest of, you know, for years wanting to become a mom myself and, um, you know, life has now brought me to finally being a mother at 38. <laughs> um, I had him when I was 35, but you know, it was something that I wanted early on. So that um, yearning for a child, even though it wasn't, I didn't struggle with the fertility part more so with um, my, the person that I was with didn't want a child at the time. And so, you know, it's just, um, I think all of those personal experiences had, created a special place in my heart for wanting to help women through this process of um, 
the journey to becoming a mom and what all goes into it. And then the more that I've worked with women, the more it has just become a great passion of mine to work through all aspects of it, getting pregnant, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, menopause. I work with many women through menopause as well. So the whole gamut of the um, women's health. Yeah, I love that. And I know Catherine obviously is a client of yours, but I too um, have gone through acupuncture through my whole process of trying to conceive and everything as well. So we know how beneficial it can be. So we really appreciate that. Um, if you want to just kind of jump right into kind of speaking um, just like of the benefits and um, just like benefits of acupuncture, Chinese medicine, kind of, I know you offer so many different services, but um, just surrounding fertility, if you want to kind of um, talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I think I'll start by just talking about the benefits of acupuncture for fertility specifically, like you asked, and then we can maybe dive into um, a little bit more of an overview of Chinese medicine. I think it will help to give the listeners um, a little bit of a background just so that they have more of an understanding. Um, but the first and foremost benefit is that it provides um, a better blood flow to the ovaries and uterus, which is, you know, will help create a stronger chance for the egg to be nourished and carried to term. Um, so it also regulates the menses, it balances the endocrine system, um, specifically the hypothalamic pituitary and ovarian axis. So um, in, there's a lot of different hormone imbalances that can happen in a woman's body, and um, some of them can prevent ovulation altogether and implantation. So the hormonal imbalance is a major part um, of something that acupuncture can help with and support. And then it reduces stress <laughs> and creates deeper relaxation. And I sort of laugh around that because it's you know, one thing that acupuncture is really known to do is to help you to relax and reduce stress. Um, but I just like want to take a moment to talk about how important that part is. Um, you know, high levels of stress in the body and cortisol levels being really high completely alter the brain's neurochemical balance, um, which can also disrupt the hormonal balance. And it can also, stress can um, create us to not ovulate. Um, it creates, and we'll talk about this a little bit later when we talk about like specific Chinese medicine diagnoses, but um, we call it stress basically is liver chi stagnation. And um, when our liver chi is stagnant, then we can't create a smooth flow of blood and chi throughout the whole body, which is needed for just every thing that happens in the body. Um, so reducing stress is a major, major one. Um, it also enhances the um, arts procedures. So the IUI and the IVF, um, there's lots of studies that are being done more so recently, which is awesome. And um, just, you know, proving that it is really helpful in enhancing those therapies. 
Um, yeah, I want to I want to jump in and talk about the stress piece because, and I'm gonna I really want to get into this question, but we'll do it later about you know how when during your cycle should you come and and like what are the different types of treatments you do during the cycle. But I know for me, having been with you for a year and a half, there were certain times when I would come in and be like, look, I'm not trying this month or we're recovering from a loss. And, um, you really just said to me like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's an hour of stress relief. And I could not relate to that more. And that's what I share with a lot of women of when should I go or we're not trying for a couple more months and that stress piece of it. And I would love for you to get into, um, I'll let you finish what you were saying, but even get into kind of what an initial treatment looks like obviously you're going to speak from your perspective, um, for like a first client, but, um, I would imagine that most acupuncturists that are working with fertility clients do have a similar approach. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, yeah. And it's a big component that, that brings me to like the next, um, benefit and that is supporting women emotionally, um, mentally, spiritually, physically, of course, but there's the emotional piece is such a huge part of this process you know it's it can be such an emotional roller coaster each month you know the the hope and then the the weight and then the letdown or the excitement and then the let you know it's just there's just so much emotional um drainage that can happen you know so it's just it's such a big piece and acupuncture you know is a very holistic approach to the body. So it's not just working at the physical level, but it's, you know, um, mental, emotional, all of the above. So it can be really supportive in that. And, um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if you want to jump in right now. Yeah, to why like, not? Right. Okay, because, yeah. <laughs> because that was, and I'll be biased again. Amanda's never met, um, Ashley, but one of the reasons I stuck with Ashley from the very beginning was I went in and I'll let you, I'll let her tell you the process, but I went in and I left thinking like, wow, I just found a therapist, an hour of like a sleep chamber. And this is helping my hormones. And, and me personally, I had lab results show how much it balanced my hormones. So that was like a pretty telltale sign of like, I need to keep going, but all right, I will let you tell you, tell everyone your normal process yeah. for like a first visit. No, I love hearing that. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. I'm glad you felt that way. Um, so the first, the first initial treatment is really important because it's really helpful to know the woman's entire health history. Um, and not only like what she thinks her health history is or what tests have shown, but you know, I ask a lot of questions that may seem super irrelevant. <laughs> and it's just because in the Chinese medicine paradigm, um, we are looking at the, the system, the whole system. And the main thing in Chinese medicine is we're trying to bring the body into balance. Um, as close to balance as we can. And that is what provides us with optimal health. And in that, the state of our natural fertility is part of that optimal health. Um, and so, you know, in addition to what the woman brings in with, you know, any lab work or health history, I go through and we talk extensively on their menstrual cycles, what it looks like, is there pain involved? Is there clots? Um, the link? Is it regular? Have you been on 
birth control? If so, how long? You know, there's so many parts of that that um, plays such a big role into just how I approach the woman from the beginning um, and the treatment plan. And it is so different for each person. Um, you know, we can't definitely, because it's pretty fascinating, talk about like each phase of the menstrual cycle and, and sort of how we approach it from a Chinese medicine perspective. Um, but in that, we definitely, um, it's one of the most beautiful parts of Chinese medicine is we really take each individual and what their specific body and their imbalances are to help bring that into balance, which will then restore the whole body's balance, um, which is why it's so helpful. So yeah, I don't, um, so after we go through the full health history intake, um, you know, I've, I'll fill the pulse and look at the tongue, wasn't looking at the tongue so much during COVID, but <laughs> starting to integrate that again. Um, but that just can kind of help confirm some of the signs and symptoms that the woman the woman is having. So it, even as you know, breaking it down to like um, day to day, you know, lifestyle. Like, are you sleeping at night? How's your digestive system? All of that plays into a big component of. Um, what organ systems and what meridians are working optimally. I think that's so important for people that maybe have never gone to acupuncture before where they're thinking, I'm just going to come in, lay on a table and get like needles stuck in me. Um, just how much time you take at the beginning to really personalize the treatment. And I know, I think Amanda, um, I don't know if you want to go into kind of, I guess my personal next question. And I think that's where you were going was, if I were to come in and I was like day six of my cycle, what would the treatment look like compared to maybe if I came in and I was like day 16 and I had just ovulated? Because I know you're very specific during this, the actual 28-day cycle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So maybe, do you mind if I take a minute to just like talk about each phase of the cycle just in case like some listeners don't? know what's actually happening um Absolutely. because it's such a big important process and and i think you know i talked to this with so many women about how it's like these this is our bodies and why are we not taught these things <laughs> from such a young age of like just how the body works and how our menstrual cycles flow and what's actually happening in the body and um i think it can be helpful um in connecting with the whole process to know sort of you know that it's very normal for us to feel different during different parts of the month <laughs> you know we're not crazy when we're having a little bit of an emotional upset right before we start our cycle there's reasons for that you know it can um so anyway um so the follicular phase so the first half of the cycle from cycle day one which is the first day that you're you're bleeding is um, cycle day one until right before ovulation. It's called the follicular phase. Um, and this is when estrogen is increasing and it starts to stimulate the thickening of the endometrium and the lining of the uterus. Um, and the way that we view that in Chinese medicine is um, estrogen is equal to blood and yin. And 
I probably should have like talked about yin and yang first, but we can kind of backtrack if we need to. But um, so in that time, it's a really important time to help the body do what it's already naturally trying to do, right? So really nourish the yin and the blood um, and then strengthen the heart, blood and the kidney essence and um, all, you know, I'll make sense of all that soon. But so right before the ovulation, um, so that whole follicular phase, we are supporting the yin basically. And then um, during the ovulation phase, this is when um, the estrogen is peaks and then it triggers that surge of LH. And within that surge, that is right after that, that is when you ovulate within 24 hours, sometimes 48, usually within 24 hours. Um, and the egg is released. And so during that time, um, you know, there's a whole different system that's happening as far as from the ch traditional Chinese medicine perspective, the heart circulates the blood to the liver and um, that flow of liver throughout the whole body is the chi and the blood um, is really important to create the ovulation. Um, and so during that time, I'm really helping to regulate the liver chi and support the liver, liver blood. And um, so it's, you know, very different during each phase. And then during implantation, you know, if a woman's trying to get pregnant, um, then during implantation, we're supporting the kidney yin and yang. So it's a little bit of a different time around that time. And then the luteal phase is after ovulation until a positive pregnancy test or um, the period starts. And that lasts approximately 14 days. Um, so this is when the estrogen declines and the progesterone levels increase. And um, when the progesterone levels peak around one week after the, the ovulation is when implantation can occur. And this whole phase from a Chinese medicine perspective is the yang phase. So the first half is the yin, the second half is the yang. So in the second half, I'm more interested in the kidney yang, um, the chi, the flow of chi throughout the body and, and supporting the woman through their, that natural process. Can I ask a question I feel like everybody is curious about right now? Sure. What would you suggest? And I know your suggestion is come during both, but if you could only come say twice a month in the yin or the yang, like is there, is it better to come week three and four of your cycle or mix it up? Or what is your opinion on that? Yeah. Well, if it's possible to come every single week, that is absolutely um the best case scenario because we are definitely working through different phases the entire month. Um, it could also, and it could also de be dependent on what specifically that woman has going on for them. Like if they, you know, have blood deficiency versus kidney yang deficiency. And, and so it would, I can't say across the board what would be best, but if I did want to say across the board, then I think it would be, if you could only come once a month, it would be right before ovulation, um, would be the most ideal time. 
And that is to just really encourage the growth of the follicles and the preparation of what all is about to happen. Um, yeah, so, and then if you want it to come two times, then definitely before ovulation and then, you know, maybe right again around implantation. Um, that's what again, I, that, I feel like that's what I did occasionally because yeah. it, it is, it's a hard, it's a big commitment and it's sure. financial and money. Yeah. 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 So thanks for answering that question. Yeah. I think that's like one of the first things people ask me. They're like, it's so expensive, especially with the finances. If you're pursuing fertility, a treat fertility treatment, if I can only go twice a month, when would it be? So I think that probably answered a lot of people's questions. Yeah. Good. Good. All right. So what's next? What else? I don't want to um, throw you off your, some of the things that you wanted to speak about because you yeah. obviously know way more um, information than, I, than Amanda and I even know to ask. So is there anything sure. that you want to? I mean, yeah. So maybe for, um, maybe we can just talk a little bit about like just an overview of acupuncture. Um, and the theory of Chinese medicine so that people can understand a little bit more um, about how and why this works. And, and I also just wanna throw in before I forget that um, this kind of goes along with how often should I come? And I often get the question like, how long should I give this? <laughs> like, you know, before I can like give up on it basically. <laughs> um, and you know because we are working at the blood level so in fertility we are most interested in the quality of a woman's blood um, and the yin organs and so to change the quality of a woman's blood it really takes a good three months um, to really truly create some major change there and of course one treatment can bring blood flow to the uterus. And, you know, I know there are plenty of women who are like, you know, don't know much about it, which is, is fine. A lot of us don't know anything about this. It's not something we were brought up with in our culture. Um, I love that it's becoming such a big thing now. But um, a lot of women, you know, just hear, oh, acupuncture is great um, to help with IVF. And so I'm going to go do it the week up. And that's great. It will absolutely increase your chances if you go one time. However, if you go consistently for one to three months, ideally before, it is increasing the chances that much more. It's you know giving us a chance to really bring the body into its natural state of optimal health, as well as really preparing the, the womb, the uterus, and supporting the yin and blood in the most official way. Um, so I just kind of wanted to throw that in there too. Um, so overall, acupuncture is um, based on the philosophy of um, the Tao and the ancient philosophy of the Tao. And that looks at the natural, the rhythms of the natural universe. And the main thing that you'll hear us talk a lot about is the yin and the yang and the balance between the two. And that idea is, you know, what we all have heard and we know about this idea of opposites and you can't have one without the other day, night, dark, light, um, feminine, masculine, 
um, all of the opposites and within the body that looks like um, so yin we can first we can think about it in terms of like water and fire right so like yin is can be related to water in that it is the more dense um, slow yielding um, dark deep you know just this the darker side of um that and then yang can be related to fire in that it's um quick and bright and can be destructive and can you know just be really um yeah like on fire <laughs> um and so in the body that looks like the chi or the energy that circulates the body that animates us that that is in everything that's living um, the chi is um the yang and in relation to that the yin of the body is the blood and the fluids so um you know we can every everything every um relationship has a yin and the yang and it it's only there because of the other so if we're talking about hormones estrogen is yin and the testosterone and progesterone is yang um which is why you know the first half of the cycle is related to the yin and the blood and the fluids and supporting that and the second half is related to the yang and the chi in the body um and then you know i won't spend too much time talking about all this because it's just like it you know obviously it, it, you know i was in school for four years and i still feel like i have so much to learn um but there are i just want to talk a little bit more so people get an idea of how it's so helpful for um creating an overall balance in the body and so the different organ systems and meridians in the body um are there are pairs of organs then each pair has a yin and the yang organ pair and and so, and then there's this five element cycle and um everything that governs our health in our day-to-day -day life you know sleep um bowel movements urination um, everything is governed by these different organ systems and these meridians, and they all have specific ways that they um, play a role. And so, for instance, if the spleen, so the spleen and the stomach or the earth element is what produces, it, from a Chinese medicine perspective, the spleen and the stomach produces blood, postnatal chi and blood in the body. So after we have a cycle, the earth element the spleen and stomach is what's working really hard at producing blood um, and then the blood is then circulated by the heart the heart kind of takes it over to the liver and the liver stores it and the liver is the one and that um, distributes the blood throughout the body creates that smooth flow throughout the whole body and then it's turned into what we call kidney essence and that the kidneys are such a major um, role in Chinese medicine because it is what stores our um, gene or essence, and that is what governs all reproductive um, processes. So 
you know, the spleen. So for an overview for fertility, the major organ systems that we're dealing with is the spleen, the liver, and the kidneys. Um, and the heart has a big component too. So as somebody that's done acupuncture, I'm listening to you speak and I'm in my mind seeing, I know where the needles have gone. One of the questions um, we got on Instagram was from somebody that's never done acupuncture and they were like, where do the needles go? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's a legitimate question. I mean, Amanda and I have been so many times, so we don't really think about it. And you've probably put in tens of thousands of needles, but I'm listening to you talk. And then I'm going through my own experience and saying, gosh, I know that when I come in on this week, she focuses on my liver, um, versus like the stomach. Could you maybe just speak about on like just an overview of like how many needles you use and where on the body you place them for women specifically coming to you for fertility? Yeah. And saying, you know, that they don't hurt. <laughs> I know that was another thing. So many people are so nervous that they really hurt and they don't at all. So just yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that piece too. <laughs> so many people come in so anxious. And then after the first needle goes in, they're like, oh, that's it. Oh, okay. I'm fine. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, yes, yes, yes. Um, it's nothing like a hypodermic needle at the hospital that draws blood. It is nothing like that. They're very flexible, tiny little stainless steel um, needles that, yeah, you may feel some, may feel like a pinch or a little mosquito bite, goes away very quickly. Um, and some of them you don't feel at all. Um, so again, you know, different practitioners treat differently. There's, there's more than one, the beauty of acupuncture and Chinese medicine too, is there's more than one way to treat um, a spleen tree deficiency or a liver tree stagnation. And, you know, you can use um, local points, you can use distal points, it, you know, there's a lot of different um, ways you can treat. For me personally, um, you know, I depend, so the, the distal points on the hands and the feet are really powerful. Um, and I always will incorporate like those, some points on the liver, spleen, kidney. I mean, not always all of this, but you know, depending on what's going on. Um, but the liver, spleen and kidney all have points on the feet. Um, for instance, spleen six, we'll just take that point. It's about a hand width up from the inner ankle bone on, um, on the lower leg. And that is where the three yin channels, there's an intersection there. So it's a, you know, if you think of a busy highway, it's, it's a really big energetic point to support the yin of three of the yin channels. So it's, it's like a heavy heater hitter, you know, that's it's the one that always hurts the most for me yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, why is this so painful compared to when I get it in my head? But this was, is the worst one. <laughs> yeah. And so the, um, the achiness that may come with some of the points is, uh, you know, I always say that as long as you can tolerate it and it, you know, it's, it's comfortable enough to relax that the achiness really is a good thing. That is the chi letting us know that, um, it's working and it's, being activated and the spleen and stomach specifically create more of that like achy sensation whereas some of the other channels can create different sensations so they all kind of create different sensations some might feel itching or you know some might feel like a heaviness and it, it, yeah they all feel different but 
I really love when I hear someone say that their spleen six is really achy or their stomach 36 is really achy. I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> as long as you can handle that, we're good. All the time. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, there are, um, the, there's points locally right over the uterus and the ovaries that I use a lot. Um, so it, you know, allows us to use these channels, the liver and the spleen and the kidneys to support the yin and create a good flow of um, movement of the chi and blood along those meridians. And then to encourage bringing it to the uterus and the ovaries, I will um, place needles along that. So the kidneys go right through there. The kidney channel goes right through there. Um, the stomach and spleen channels go right through there. So we, you know, I use points along those channels still right on the lower abdomen. And then, um, so those are all part of the primary channels. And there's another system um, that is called the eight extraordinary vessels. And I will just touch on that a brief moment because it's such a big part of fertility. Um, so the Ren, the Du, and the Chong, and that is the, so the Chong Mai is a big, um, channel system that I use a lot for fertility and it is called the CSEA, Sea of Blood. And because it originates in the kidneys and the uterus and it brings blood to the uterus and it supports so much um, for fertility, it governs reproductive um, organs. So um, I'll use that a lot. And, and then the Ren Mai is the sea of yin and the Du Mai is the sea of yang. So the three together are um, channels that store our deep reservoirs. So it's, it's our deep, um, or I mean our deep resources. And it is a really um, beautiful way to work with fertility because it utilizes the kidneys and the spleen channels as well. So I know I'm kind of like going way off into this like um, concept, but it's it's a it's one way I really love you know working with that. So all of that to say that there are needles really everywhere on the body. Um, so on the feet, on the hands, definitely on the lower abdomen, and then you know there's some may sometimes be on the chest. Um, you know, depending if there's a heart component, there usually is. Um, the heart usually deals with like our emotional being. And um, and then yin tong, my favorite, um, one of my favorites, which is at the third eye, the point in between the eyebrows, um, it stimulates the pituitary gland. So a lot of the hormones that are used for the reproductive system um, is, and it helps calm the spirit. It helps. Um, it's really, really helpful um, for balancing out the hormones as well. So yeah, all, all over the body. <laughs> no, that's great. And for someone who is just starting, um, just like fertility treatments or thinking about coming for acupuncture, I know you mentioned quite a bit, and I know this is really important, is the blood flow to the uterus. Can you just quickly just kind of say why that's so important and like what that what that role is um, as trying to conceive as well? Yeah, so uh, such a good question. Um, the quality of the blood is such a important 
important part of our menstrual cycle, right? So it's why I ask women so much about the quality of the blood during their actual menstrual cycle, because um, if it is, say you have really severe cramps and clotting and a really heavy flow, um, or even the opposite, like a lack of flow, um, it could be due to blood stagnation. And um, again, these are all Chinese medicine terms. Um, and we can definitely make parallels with Western medicine, but it's, it's, you, we can't really like do exact, um, you know, correlations with Western medicine. So all this, you know, to the first listener about Chinese medicine might sound like wild, but, um, the, um, so okay, blood stagnation is one major um, reason for infertility from a Chinese medicine perspective. And so a, creating a better flow of blood is going to help move out that blood stagnation. So that's like one reason the blood, blood flow to the uterus is so important. Um, and then just the, I mean, it's, it is exactly what's happening, you know, with our cycle, the blood is being produced, the, the, the lining of the uterus is thickening, um, you know, it's, it's what we release. And so the better the quality of blood, so you can think about it like this, like, um, so heat is really helpful on the lower abdomen um, before implantation, by the way, um, you don't want to put a lot of um, heat on the belly if implantation has occurred already. Um, but before ovulation, heat can it heat is a natural way to increase blood flow. And so a lot of times I will use a heat lamp over the points on the belly to just even more so encourage that blood flow. And However, if you leave heat on a particular part of, part of the body for too long, um, it can coagulate the blood. So, you know, that's why, you know, 20 minutes is a great amount of time, 20 to 25 minutes for heat, and then um, at least take a 20 minute break before you were to apply heat again. But all of that to say that the quality of the blood is, um, is changing all the time. And the more we can support a, just a really beautiful, red, rich quality of blood that has no clots, no stagnation in it, the better the overall um, implantation process will be, the better the quality of the actual uterus um, for the embryo to survive. You know, it's just, it's just a, a big, big part of it. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know for me, I was always told a warm uterus is like a best uterus. So I know like lifestyle changes, diet changes, all of that also has plays a big role in it as well. In addition to acupuncture and Chinese medicine too. So do you have any recommendations or suggestions as far as lifestyle or diet? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, in supporting the yin, um, it's really important to, you know, of course, exercise so that you can get that blood flow and chi moving throughout the body. 
but also rest is really important and a good amount of sleep, at least eight hours is really important for nourishing the yin. And I keep talking of the yin because those are the organ systems that play the biggest role in um, getting pregnant. And so everything we can do to support and nourish the yin. So um, rest, rest, rest. And then um, foods, um, healthy fats are really important. So, you know, fish oils, um, coconut oil, eggs, avocado, nuts and seeds, um, you know, whether you eat meat and dairy, you know, depending on your preferences and your body's tolerances, um, of course, organic and grass fed is recommended. Um, but those can also be really supportive of building blood. Um, so on that piece, like some food that help nourish the blood, um, in addition to, you know, meat and healthy fats are, um, leafy greens and, um, cruciferous vegetables are really great. Um, so the broccolis and cauliflowers and Brussels sprouts, and then, um, beets are really helpful and carrots. Uh, to help nourish the blood. And then as fruits, there's um, grapes and berries and dates are really helpful, figs. Um, and then I'm just like throwing- I was gonna say, you, I said you better give everybody the recommendation to eat a bunch of soups because that's what yeah. you did for me. And I would text Ashley pictures. I'm such a smoothie and salad person. Just, I just like that kind of stuff. And I would tell Ashley what I'd eat. And she's like, that's not the best. Um, <laughs> you need to be doing like warm foods during certain parts of your cycle. So I would be like sitting in my car eating soup and it was like 98 degrees out. Yes. I love it. Um, but that can you is, speak to that? Yeah, for sure. So that is because the spleen chi. So, um, it, you know, especially for ones who the spleen chi is more deficient. Um, the spleen relates to the metabolism and the digestion, um, energy levels. Again, it's what produces the blood. Um, so when our spleen is taxed, which eating cold raw foods create the spleen to work a little bit harder to digest it. So it's taxing the spleen more than if we were just eating warm, cooked, nourishing soups and stews and vegetables. Um, so during a time when we're really wanting to support the spleen and the function of the spleen so that it can like produce blood for us and hold a pregnancy and, you know, do all of these things, it's like, let's take one part of it out that taxes it. Um, and especially even more so in fall and winter. Um, so yeah, that's why I was like, eat all the warm nourishing <laughs> foods you can versus cold raw during, and it, you know, it's just, um, again, the, supporting the yin overall. No, um, that's great. Um, and that was something that I learned because, you know, a lot of women that are trying to conceive think they're eating like for, they think they're eating healthy and maybe that's what they did years before they were trying to have a baby. And then you learn that you might be eating healthy, but not necessarily the best to support pregnancy. The yin and the pregnancy and yeah. And you know, I, um, 
it, I, this is like a whole nother topic. I probably shouldn't even bring it up, but I'm just going to throw it out there that, you know, eating, um, you know, bone broths and meat is really, really supportive um, in nourishing the blood. And, you know, by all means, if that's not your preference, then that, you know, that's fine. But if it is something that you're open to, um, you know, when I, so I'll just, um, I don't know how much time we have, but the, when I was in acupuncture school, um, most of us started the school being vegetarian or vegan. And by the end of the four years, I don't think there was one vegetarian left because we <laughs> knew the benefits of, um, you know, of course, healthy um, proportions, but um, yeah, it's just, it's really, really, really helpful at supporting the blood and the yin and which is all of what we're working with with fertility. No, I, I definitely, I'd, I'd like to hear your side, Amanda, too. I definitely went in much more plant-based, like 90% plant-based. And that was maybe like a year and a half ago. And now I like intuitively will say, I want to have like a piece of meat, like once a week or something that obviously to your point, organic and, and coming from a good source, but yeah. I've even just noticed it in my energy levels and all around, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. We actually have already been recording for 50 minutes. Oh, um, <laughs> I know. So um, I don't actually have them in front of me, but Amanda, do you have some of the questions from, so we had a and a on the Instagram and we got some really good questions. Yeah. I know Amanda and I both kind of already threw probably like three or four in the last 50 minutes. Um, but I'll let Amanda take the, that over. And I know one of them, Amanda, you should have it. But um, some listeners were curious about taking acupuncture once you are taking, doing acupuncture once you get that positive pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. I'll start there. Um, so it's absolutely highly recommended to continue with acupuncture during pregnancy, all of, all of pregnancy. Um, again, similar to the cycle through the, through the pregnancy, there are specific um, things that are happening. So the first trimester, the spleen and stomach are um, really important to be nourished. And it's why a lot of times women get sick and nauseous and the spleen and stomach are in the digestion. It's just a, a major part of holding and maintaining the pregnancy. And so that's getting taxed a little bit. So acupuncture can be really helpful at helping to maintain the pregnancy, holding, lifting, supporting the spleen, supporting the kidney, as well as helping with the nausea and the lack of sleep or, you know, as you transitioned into the second trimester, the fire element kicks in and we usually see things like anxiety and insomnia for some. So acupuncture can be really helpful in that. And then the third trimester, the wood element, so the liver and gallbladder. So it's um, really helpful at preparing the body um, for birth and helping with muscle cramps and, you know, things like that. So it is absolutely um, really beneficial to continue with acupuncture. And, you know, there's no really side effects, you know, if any, or to none at all of acupuncture. So um, it's really helpful in just supporting the whole process. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and so our next question, I'm probably going to butcher this completely. So I'm probably saying it completely wrong. So someone asked, can acupuncture help thin lining? 
Um, that's most likely caused by hypothalamic amenorrhea, I think it is. I'm totally probably saying it wrong, so I'm not oh, sure. No, that's fine. <laughs> Can it help thin the lining? Yeah, they asked if it helped thin lining, thin the lining, the uterine lining, I guess. I'm wondering if they're asking if it helps with thin lining, maybe. With thin I, lining. I don't have it in front of me, but they might have tried to type it out. Yeah. Because uh, it definitely does the opposite, right? Yeah, it helps thicken the lining, which is okay. what we want to help create um, a, a menses. And it, it absolutely, I mean, I'm, I feel like I've been rambling and, and there's just so much to talk about. But um, when someone has amenorrhea, there can be a, quite a few different causes in, and a lot of it acupuncture can absolutely help with. Um, so whether it's, you know, caused by PCOS or, um, you know, which in Chinese medicine, that would be like an accumulation of dampness or cold in the uterus. Um, and so, you know, we treat it whatever specifically thing is going on, but it can definitely help with amenorrhea. Um, and it thickens the lining of the uterus. <laughs> okay. Um, if you have any words or advice just to a couple who maybe just got their first diagnosis or women just got their first diagnosis of um, infertility, or they've just been struggling to conceive, if you had just a few things just to tell them right off the bat, is there anything you could share with us? Um, well, I mean, I'll jump straight to, this is something that, that I really wanted to make sure I touched on anyway, because, um, you know, like I said in the beginning, it's such an emotional process for women and we can do all the things. We can do all the things. We can get acupuncture, we can get these treatments, we can balance our hormones with medications. We can, you know, we can do all the things. And then if it's still not happening yet, then it could be just a matter of, of timing or it, you know, it definitely makes me question, you know, one's specific destiny right now in their life. And I think it's, you know, everyone's so different. Um, but I think when we're dealing with creating life, it's, it's hard not to um, bring up the topic of spirituality and just allowing it to, um, allowing yourself to connect to like, okay, yes, do all the things, do your BBT chart, know when you're ovulating, you know, be really, really on top of it. And then figure out a way somehow to trust the process and surrender. And I think um, that is like what I talk with a lot of the women that I work with through um, because, you know, we're in such a fast paced world right now that we just like, we want to get pregnant, we want to get pregnant tomorrow or yesterday, you know, and it's like, it, these things take so much time and it is part of the process in surrendering um, to that. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, and then, all, you know, all the specific things, you know, but I feel like that's, that is my most like piece of advice. <laughs> I have chills. That was by far the best way to end um, this conversation. I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that's really, really good advice for anybody that is still waiting um, to conceive. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Ashley. I appreciate it. Um, this was great. Yay. Thank you so much for having me.